This is Parenting for the Everyday, a podcast dedicated to meeting parents in the trenches of parenthood. We explore how our faith fits into our parenting. With the help of our guests, we are seeking practical tips on how the gospel can speak into our day-to-day parenting. From the easy stuff to the hard stuff, we want to talk about it all. This is Parenting for the Everyday. I'm Holly DiCandro. And I'm Becca Alvarez. And today we are talking about bullying. This is actually the final part of our three-part series on mental health to kick off this new year. Um, Bullying is a huge topic. It's so common. The CDC states that one in five high schoolers report being bullied and more than one in six high schoolers report being bullied online. So, I mean, the statistics are pretty big. So uh, joining us today, we have, of course, my co-host Becca, who actually has a big background in mental health in mental health as a, I always get it wrong, licensed independent social worker. Good job. You Is that it. right? Yep, okay, good great. job. And then um, we've got our executive producer, Sarah Coons, who's also our kids director here at CCC and so works a lot with kids and family. And then we're also joined uh, by Jen Hoffman, who is also a licensed counselor. So uh, Jen, I'll let you take a minute to introduce yourself since our listeners aren't familiar with you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, welcome. Um, so I am a licensed professional counselor and my background is in marriage and family therapy. So this is sort of my jam, but I have um, three kiddos. We have two boys and a girl ranging from 13 to seven. We're in private school and public school. So we're, we're running the whole spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, Let's just start with defining bullying. Cause if I'm being honest, I think I hear that term all the time. Like my kid is being bullied. Um, Mm -hmm. Are they, are they not Mm -hmm. like, what, what does that mean? Right. I think bullying um, is something that is habitual. It's something that you're going to see over and over again. It can be insulting, threatening someone that's weaker or smaller. I think you, when I think of bullying, I see kind of the stereotypical big gruff bully and like weak little person that doesn't have that many friends. I think that it can take that form sometimes. I think it can also take many, many different forms. And now that the online world is out there. Yeah. It can take mm-hmm. a million different yeah. forms. But I think it's something that is consistent. You can have verbal, like taunting or teasing, and it can also be physical or even psychological. Okay. Yeah. Um, why, where does it come from and what does it do to a child? Maybe we can unpack that a little bit of what makes a bully. Maybe that first and then the second part of then what are the implications that or the effects it has on on a kid? I think we've become really reactive as a culture. I think that we have access to all these different ways of life online. And so Mm. there's more to sort of dissect and try to understand, which is develop normal like developmentally normal at that age. I have two thoughts in my mind because I'm also on the page where like it's not being modeled at home, like healthy yeah. communication mm-hmm. and assertive yeah, that's no, that's yeah. skills yeah. are another part of it. Um, yeah. So I think you combine this reactivity, whether it's out of defensiveness mm-hmm. or out of fear and the combination is just explosive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I am not a licensed counselor, but I think what I've just observed, you know, in kids, it just feels like it is comes from a place of a lot of insecurity. Yeah. And I think even Becca, your classic definition of the big, right. you know, guy with a little weak and usually the big guy is the one who actually has all the insecurities, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because usually we're putting someone down because we need to feel better about what's going on inside of us. And I know that sounds so, I guess cliche isn't the right word, but I mean, it feels like 
at the foundation of bullying, that's what's going on yeah. in a child's life. And even Jen, to your comment, like if what's being modeled at home isn't healthy or is that's what they're seeing, like mm-hmm. even play out between a mom and a dad or a mom and other siblings or between siblings. I mean, you're kind of like, okay, well, this is how you deal with mm-hmm. someone or conflict or, or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I would just say, I think in addition to that, there's a big need for this power and control. And so you're going to see a kid who um, is dealing with some low self-esteem, is also seeing some poor mirroring or poor modeling, and then in addition, wanting to overpower and control situations. And a lot of times that will manifest itself with someone who is of weaker status or maybe physically weaker, whatever that looks like. Yeah, that's. I was just gonna kind of emphasize what um, Jen said with not just in like the modeling, but even the idea of being taught how to communicate, process yeah, those absolutely, feelings. Right. What are you feeling? Yeah. How do you respond to those feelings? Like a lack of that, I think, contributes, you know, to all of that as well. And then what it does to a child, I think, we really want to spend a minute on because. When bullying takes place, it's often in this adolescence period where you're already, you're so insecure. There's so much happening in your body. Uh, You've got hormones, you've got new schools, you've got new pressures and extracurriculars. You have all of this different stuff. And I think what bullying does is it can create this wound in you, in your adolescence and your childhood that will remain there even into adulthood. Um, I was talking to my dad about this episode and about all the different things in bullying. And we were explaining that bullying is a different type of pain. There's Mm -hmm. pain that you feel um, and pain that hurts, but there's also pain that alters. And bullying is a pain that will alter you. It will change the way you view yourself. It'll change the way you view the world. It'll change the way that you react to everyone and everything. Um, And it's a lot of the reason that you see kids that have been bullied react in such huge ways in some of the different school tragedies that we've seen because bullying is so extreme and can impact so deeply. They've done research on the brain that emotional pain is registered in our brain in the same way as physical pain. Mm -hmm. And so the old saying, like, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words (laughs) will never hurt me, is false. Right. The rejection actually does cause us the same kind of response as physical pain. The trauma. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Would you guys agree, though, it's adolescence, right, is where you see bullying, but I feel like it starts younger and younger now. And I don't know if I know we're going to get into technology later, but like, I feel like kids have access to so much Mm -hmm. stuff that maybe they shouldn't. And so they're seeing behaviors even outside their home there. It's being modeled through shows. I don't know. It's just something like, but would you agree is it definitely seems like it's I'm laughing because I just came from a place where I saw a kid be mean to my child no. who's only no. <laughs> who's only two. And it, and What's their that, name? I yeah. know, right? Yeah. That uh, muscle in my parenting, it has not been exercised. <laughs> and so I very quickly was like, oh. I'm going to defend. Like, I'm going to have to hit a kid. Um, she which is did not it. the no, appropriate no, response. Yeah, no, That's not, not the appropriate yeah, response. Yeah. But I, but to your point, I do think it's starting younger and younger. And I think part of that is because kids are growing up so much quicker mm-hmm. uh, because of the things that they're yes. seeing, because of the way that they're treated. And so you're seeing kids learn behaviors at that they might have learned at eight or 10 that now they're learning at four and six and then displaying that to 
the two-year-olds to the youngers who then are picking up on that behavior and then they do it to the young, you know, so it's kind of a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is, I'm honestly asking this question because I'm curious, but I think in the culture that we live in, especially like American, it's like survival of the fittest, right? It's like you have to... um, basically dominate or whatever like yeah toughen up like do all this stuff so like are we on some level teaching our kids some of this through like this idea of being the best and and as kids they don't have the emotional maturity or discernment to understand well that doesn't mean like physically you know hurting someone to get my way or emotionally intimidating them to get my way it's just Mm -hmm. about being the best and whatever I need to do to be the best is is permi- is permissible? I don't know. Well, there's like, got to be something to that because to that. outside of the gospel being your identity or your identity yeah. being rooted in like who Christ made you to be, you're like I've got to succeed. Uh, the only way right. that I have value, the only way I have yeah. worth, is to be the toughest, the best, the one that has the well, most attention. And when we're thinking about how much younger now, like kids are playing sports or specializing and stuff. I mean, we're, we're actually encouraging that, right. As parents to like be the best and do this stuff. So like almost, does that somehow get discombobulated like in their heads? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I just, I guess I'm thinking out loud. I don't know. It's funny because I was thinking about this topic and thinking about when Jesus said to turn the other cheek. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that in response to our reactivity, I think there are a lot of times that he would be like, Nope. Let this one slide. Yeah. You yeah, got to yeah. let this one slide. But yeah. you're right. I think it is about it's seen as strong when you can defend yourself right. or speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. That's viewed as strength in our culture. You're the dominating. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So obviously, Becca Zeke isn't being bullied, right? No. It no, was no, like no, no. a. Yes. No, but I, I think that's relevant because <laughs> that's no, what we're is. talking it about. Yes. It's it just a good thing. We need to defi- like, but understand. Even, yeah. And even we joked around where we're like, oh, she's going to knock someone out. Okay. The real question. So if your child is being bullied, Mm -hmm. you know, as a parent, like that was just a one-time thing and it got her all, you know, heated Mm -hmm. up. If your child is being bullied, like what do you do? How do you teach your child to walk through this? How do you build resilience? When do you step in? You know, when is it like we got to let the kids work it out? Because I think in today's, we've got extremes in today's. We've got people who are like, I'm stepping in right now. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we got to, like your child has to learn how to articulate some things. And then we've got parents that are maybe stepping in too late where some of this damage that we're talking about is is already kind of too far gone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, talk through that. I was actually so happy that I had that experience right before coming here. Because <laughs> prior to that, I mean, my kids too. There's not a whole lot going on with bullying in my life. But even just quickly seeing like the emotional pain on his face for a split second was so painful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was such an interesting thing because that doesn't change my answer today. But it had me think through it. Because when you're not experiencing something, it's pretty easy to be like, parents, don't step in. Yeah, It's not yeah. your battle to fight. But when when you see it, like it really feels like it is your battle to fight because you want to protect your kids and protect them from hurt and pain so much. Uh, but I would say one of the first things is just not personalizing the bullying. So you as a parent, you can't take that on for your child and try to take the pain for them. Um, I think that it's easy to want to overreact. Like we joked about me overreacting. I, I do also want to emphasize again, I did not hit a child and I would not <laughs> hit a child. That's um, but I think you can overreact as a parent and you can joke 
you can joke with that, um, but you can also actually do it. And that often doesn't help a situation. I think that you can pry too much. You can um, try to take things into your own hands, but really trying to have the discipline to step back and think of what can I do in this situation to give my child the best opportunity to find healthiness in here. Um, and that often doesn't look like you going up and threatening a kid or, or trying to <laughs> bubble wrap the situation. It's, you're not going to be able to. Um, definitely taking advantage of school relationships with teachers, with administrators, getting help, depending on how severe the situation is, really trying to get other team members with you. Um, and also... Knowing, I would say when you step in is if there's danger or hurting <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, because then it, you have to step in at that point. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I think, um, I think you made this comment, Becca, earlier about just this being a wound, right? Yeah. And I was reading this article um, and I'll quote it says, why bullying is so hard and challenging it, it is that it assaults the most important but more mysterious aspect of what it means to be human our soul it erodes a child's belief in a loving god as well as his or her sense of dignity value and worth all gifts from god and in whose image we are made and i think as a parent and especially as the kids director at our church I feel like, wow, one of my main responsibilities as a parent is to continue to affirm my child's yeah. worth mm -hmm. and dignity being in the image of God. And not that that discounts like the harmful effects of bullying, but at least as a parent, I can continue to tell my children what this person is doing is, is not true, is not right, is wrong. Like you are value and, and have so much value and worth because of who God made you to be. It's mm -hmm. so outside of anything, like even your successes or accomplishments, like nothing of that adds to your value. And so the damn, I think that's why bullying is so damaging because of what it does to our child's self-worth and their value, their soul. Um, so I think as a parent and even, like I said, as the kids director, like that's where I would want to place a lot of emphasis and really mm -hmm. know, because I can um, not control that in my kid's life, but I can definitely speak can into my child's life with yeah. that. Yeah. With that, Sarah, that's such a good point. I would also challenge parents to make sure that you're being truthful with them. I mm -hmm. think that it's easy, easy. I should be careful using that word. Um, I could see it being something that you would want to do is to like if if someone's bullying my kid and saying like oh you're so bad at soccer and maybe my kid's really not that great at soccer yeah. and I tell him like no you're the best player on the team you are the best in the world like yeah. that's not helping my child right. at that point because I'm not I'm no longer telling him the truth yeah. so I think that building them up and pouring into them but making sure that you are truthful in that too yeah. that's a, good uh, point. a yeah. better a better response for my kid at that point would be like that really hurts that he says that, but you, like Sarah said, you are made in God's image. God made you this way and this way, um, as opposed to kind of pouring in this yeah, trying false to, right. identity yeah. for him because that's not going to set him up for success. Apart. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's just confusing. Yeah. I think along with it too is being a good listener and knowing that you don't have to have all of the answers. Yeah. So I think 
in learning to communicate this with them that we can ask really good questions and then like, you know, in counseling, we use active listening where you repeat back what you mm -hmm. heard the person say to you. So just in that way, also affirming, like, this is your experience. Am I hearing this correctly? And then they can say, yeah, yeah that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. And then they hear it out of your mouth. And Holly, to your questions, like, when do we know when to step in? I think as we're asking those questions, we can even ask them, when do you think yeah. we need to get mm -hmm. an adult yeah. involved? When will this have been enough? What do you need me to do? at this point and really you're asking yourself those questions but you're sharing that with them so that they're learning the whole problem solving process with you i love that because so, that's equipping them yeah. for yeah. for things way beyond this it's like okay right. when do we need someone to stick in or, yeah. or to step in let's let's talk about how we actually feel what do we see uh -huh. like yeah that's yeah that's great and i think jen too i think that um you can help your child make a plan yeah. so if this happens mm -hmm. again tomorrow Let's talk through how we how we will respond, what you will do, and kind of help them make a plan because that's also going to give them grounding and make them feel like they have a pseudo control of the situation because they know exactly what what is my response when this person comes to me and this mm -hmm. happens again. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, what do you do if your kid is the bully? So if your kid uh, or is even friends with the bully, like let's like, how do you parent through that side of this? Don't all jump at one. <laughs> <laughs> that will never be my scenario. I think, one of the professional counselors <laughs> should talk first. I think again, it's communication. I, I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to say today is talking to your kids yeah. about all aspects of this. I think if there's a confirmed case that your child has been involved in something that screening their social media time, I think being aware of their presence on social media is good anyways. And that's a conversation worth, Hey, why don't, can you show me your Instagram? Like, what are you posting these days? Like that can be conversational, but if there is some sort of altercation that it can be like, all right, we need to limit this time possibly or limit access to some of these sites. If, online, you know, if the online presence is becoming an issue, um, but also ask them questions about this person. What's just, what's going on for them? Try to understand, get your head wrapped around the whole picture. Um, sometimes bullying is a cry for help, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is that there's something else going on in that child's life that they feel so insecure and even spending the time digging into that. Do we need to see yeah. a counselor to work through some of these insecurities that are causing this type of reaction? You would think I would have recommended counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I think something that we have said, I don't know, a million times on this podcast is just knowing your child too. Mm -hmm. So if you are seeing a big change in your kid um, and noticing that they're acting different at home or then it's time to just start having those conversations. Ask them, like um, Jen said, ask them about their social media, try to understand what's going on. Um, the other thing is that something I've seen ironically on social media, but um, <laughs> is that parents can sometimes be your kid's first bully. Even if you don't, mm -hmm think that you are or mean to be. I think that it's easy to like poke fun at your kids and do different things 
for a laugh or for this or for that. And I would just be aware of your own behavior towards your kids and make sure that you're not putting them in a place that they're feeling embarrassed or humiliated just in jest uh, because you think it's funny because you have the control over the situation. That's adding to their insecurity. That's adding to their yeah. insecurity. I hate mm-hmm. when I see videos of a parent like videotaping their child because their kid bullied someone. So now they're going to humiliate their oh, child on social media. Like that, that is not an appropriate way to resolve, oh, yeah. way to resolve it. Yeah. Um, I think that bullying is terrible, but I think it's also something that you have to recognize this is a sign and symptom of something deeper going on. And now it's time to start to investigate that. And if that requires bringing in a professional, then, then you should do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it all starts with you asking really intentional questions and not just coming down in judgment or punishment or something like that. Cause there's something deeper going on nearly all the time when you're when you're dealing with a bully. I think if your child is friends with a bully, uh, you also really have to talk through what that is doing and maybe really trying to exercise their empathetic bone. Uh, this could be a really good moment for to try to teach them how do you think that that made this person mm-hmm. feel uh, when your friend did this and and how could that have played out in a different way if you weren't next to your friend and you went to go assist because I think that if you're if your kid is friends with the bully it actually gives them a really great opportunity to stand up for someone um, and even represent Jesus in a really really cool way Um, but they have to be able to exercise that and definitely exercise some courage in there too that yeah that is again these are not my words. Uh, these are words I've, I read from an article which was really cool about this idea of developing protectors. So we, we talk a lot about our children um, encountering bullies, but how can we actually empower them to be the kid mm-hmm. that stands up for that kid? So this idea of fear is kind of at the base of of bullying, right? And and we want to develop courage, you know, for our kids to do that. So that the idea of like I even loved the language behind that, like protectors, mm-hmm. developing protectors. Mm-hmm. And so they they just gave five things that I want to say really quickly. Um but they were just saying there are things that you can teach your children, like teach students about the power of two, which is kind of something you were talking mm-hmm. about. Like a bullying is only going to target one person. Right. I don't. I, I've never heard of a bully that targets like a group of people because there's more power within a group of people, and it's hard. To, you know, you want to isolate that person. Um, explain the difference between tattling and reporting. Like, just that. Like, yeah. they, this is important. Like, you need to go tell someone about this, um, and then give students action steps. Like, you know, tell give them more. Tell your child. Like, even at an elementary school level, you can say. No, leave leave him or her alone. Stop it. You know, I really think if if kids could come around and be part of the solution, I think some of this stuff would would stop because a bullying is going to get I again, just from what I've observed and seen, they just continue to gain power in their mm-hmm. in their actions. So, I love the idea of trying to help our kids be part of the solution. Yeah. yeah I have this quote that I have saved in my, my phone that says, you know, let's worry more about raising kids who care about the kids sitting alone than they do about fitting in. It's just yeah. like this reminder of me of like, okay, what am I pressing into my kid mm-hmm. that their identity is and what matters and what's important. So when they walk in a room, are they worried about like, I got to fit in or like, Hey, yeah. I see this kid over there alone. Maybe I could be the yeah. friend that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as we come to a close, I just feel like we have to kind of breach this topic and dive a little bit. You kind of talked about social media a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, again, as not a licensed counselor, I'm going to guess that limiting exposure to social media plays a huge role in helping kids who are being bullied and even the kids that doing the bullying because access to this technology before kids are ready to handle it um, feels like you're giving a kid a dynamite stick yeah. and yeah. then you're like, okay, what do we do? There's been an explosion. Right. And so maybe we just take a couple minutes to kind of talk about that for a second. I think it's yeah. a big part of it. It's yeah. a, it's a huge part of it, if not the biggest part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what we know about social media is that it has doubled, quadrupled, all of it with anxiety, depression, self-esteem, insecurity, all of those things. I can tell a difference in myself when I am on social media too often. I feel worse about myself. I'm treating people worse. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all of that. And I'm I'm an adult, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm up there. <laughs> and so so you think I have a relative amount of emotional competency yeah. uh, and intelligence and security and all of that. Let's divide that into a 13-year-old who already has just insecurity that's just happening. It's just occurring. And then they're constantly watching people who have it all together, who have a better life, who are prettier, who are, yeah, yeah. evaluating everything. Look like. Who look like they're prettier. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you for that clarification. So the message is- Because it's not a reality. That's the whole thing. Yeah. But the message is that our kids are taking in is you're not good enough. You'll probably never be good enough. Mm -hmm. And it it would be better if you could then project your insecurity on someone else. So there's, you've got to have a leveling up Based on what you're viewing, you have to make someone else feel worse so that you mm-hmm. feel better because you're feeling terrible and the messages that you're taking in are just consistently horrible. So if you have a kid that is on social media all the time, uh, that's what they're seeing most of the time mm-hmm. and that's how they're feeling. And then you're going to see that reaction towards the other people in their life, whether it's their siblings, whether it's their friends, whether it's another kid at school who is also feeling real bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. That is how a bully is created. And then we've just multiplied that by every kid who's yeah. watching social media. Yeah, it's consistently reported. The longer parents can wait to expose their kids to social media, Mm -hmm. the better. I've heard the idea that, you know, waiting until they're maybe like 16 or 17 so that they're exposed to it before they go off, if they're going to go off to school. That makes a lot of sense. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's the comparison trap. And I also Mm -hmm. think it's like this silent thing going on, right? Like, it's like a car that goes by. If people are screaming at each other, you can't hear them. So for you, it's just a nice, quiet ride. But you don't know what's going on in that car. Our kids are looking at their phones. They're in this world where they're maybe on blast, mm-hmm. right? Things mm-hmm. are being said, but it's it's silent. Mm-hmm. They're just reading it and taking it in. And we have no idea as we're going on yeah. about our days. So I do. Yeah. I think technology is huge. But I will say I've in a couple different trainings and podcasts and just trying to learn more about this as a parent, I think there are some really encouraging things that we can do with technology. So for example, we haven't talked about this. It's not really the same thing, but like first shooter games, right? A lot of our boys play games where there's that kind of violence and the advice was to show, teach them empathy. I love that you said Mm -hmm. that because that was exactly the thing. Ask them questions. What would that feel like to actually do that? And what would it be like? Do you think it would hurt if you were that other person? So 
again, like talking yeah. to them about it, right? Getting to understand and personalize the experience. Um, that was one piece of advice. And then another one that I loved was to fit their that time into their day. Like, yes, you want to look at your phone or play games. And I want that for you. I get that you want downtime, but what do you need to do first, right? Like, are you moving your body? Are you eating healthy food? Are you resting enough? Getting your schoolwork done? Because if we have a balanced kid, that's going to promote mm -hmm. them not falling into this insecurity trap, right? The more we strengthen them and help them to be balanced, the more they can go out and right. do all these things we're talking yeah. about. I think something that social media has done and has really harmed our kids is that before social media, kids would go to school, they'd be surrounded by it, but they'd come home. Mm -hmm. And at home, they could just they be have at break. home. Yes. Right? They have a break. Yes. That's not the case no. anymore. Right? You come home, you're just continuing to be inundated. So I do have older kids, so I have experienced this. And I will say, uh, Matt and I were very conservative with our kids, even when they first got phones and um, really putting a ton of boundaries and parameters on that. But social media was a big one and with our firstborn sons who are now 21 we did we waited until they were seniors in high school when they were 18 and we and we let them have it and i will say just from personal experience i know it can be different but that i would have I'm glad we waited. Yeah. Mm. I will say that. And mm -hmm. so um, my daughter, she got it a little earlier, 17, <laughs> uh, not 18. wild. I know. <laughs> but part of that is you just got to understand the emotional maturity that the, our kids lack. Right. Like they don't have the um, mental, emotional, spiritual maturity to really deal with some of the stuff that goes on. And even at that age, it was still really difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that I have a 13-year-old, almost 14-year-old, who has never asked me for social media, has no desire for it, because she already is experiencing enough drama in school, you know, <laughs> and over group text messaging. I'm like, this is great. You know, I think we never want to regret doing something with our kids that we wish we could take back. Because once you pull that trigger, it's really hard to try to, like, move back, yeah. you know, take it away and move back. And the great thing is I have a son now who made the choice to get off social media completely. Because no. it just wasn't good for him, you mm -hmm. know? And he did finally have the, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual maturity to make that decision. So, um, yeah, I do think you guys, all of what you said was great and totally, those are just some practical. And if, if you have a child that is on social media already, um, I would just put some limits on it. Put some limits, oh, put some boundaries, yeah. do some different things so that they're not, um, until they can get to a place that they have their own self-discipline to be able to turn it yeah. off when they need to, I would just be that boundary for them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more we could say so on this so topic, um, on a couple of different topics in that, but that's all the time yeah. that we have. So I just wanted to thank you, Jen, for being here with us, for, for helping us to start to dissect this topic. Um, and this wraps up our mental health series uh, for the year. So tune in next time.